Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 63 of Death Readers, the podcast where we read through the Harry Potter book series. In this episode, we'll be reading through chapter 13, 14, and 15 of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. If this is your first time listening, this is my first time reading this book. Uh, we, we started this podcast because... I've never read these books. I'm old enough to have to own a house and not have read Harry Potter. Really, you should know better. I should have known better. It's true. Uh, I was I solemnly swear I was up to no good before reading these books, and now I am just a perfect little shall not tell lies kind of guy. So the idea is that because I've never read it, uh, I, Rob has read them many times, and he is here to guide me through my first time reading it. And I'm assuming you you know this because you've listened to seven seasons. But, um, you know, I feel like some people might not. This might be their first episode sometimes. So that's why we do this. Welcome, if it is. Yeah, welcome. So. Weird place to start, but maybe you really like. Uh... Well, maybe you just like sometimes Apple Podcast just makes you download the most recent episode and just plays it if you look it up or something like that. Like it's it's like how they force that U2 album on us. It's like Man. they just push the newest thing. But a bunch of ingrates. They're Bono and The Edge was, were, just just sitting there like, let's give out music, man. And everyone was like, no. Yeah, I mean, they underestimated how valuable that digital space people were paying for was. I thought it was just virtual, too. I thought it didn't download. I thought it was just like, you have access to this now. You have to hit, still have to click the download button. My memory is that I had a U2 album on my phone and I couldn't get rid of it or on my on my iPod or something like that. And I couldn't get rid of it because it was like, no, we promised them we'd put it here. That's my memory. of it. I, I've looked. I haven't seen it lately. Like, do I do I have it again anymore still? I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> it's not a U2 podcast. Uh, <laughs> no. The uh, do we have any housekeeping? Nope. No housekeeping at all then that sounds like we should just jump into the, the chapter 13 here. Uh, so that brings us to chapter 13. The Muggle-Born Registration Commission. Yeah. Um, if, if you, again, have not listened to this podcast before, we're going to go through these chapters page by page, and we take page notes as we read through them. So we encourage you to read through them uh, the books as well with us so that you can keep up with the content and the uh keep to keep the ideas fresh in your yeah. mind so you're not relying on your memories to remember your or to feel and understand what's happening sentimental bs memories yeah i guess um i'll be the bad guy anyway. i'll say it okay <laughs> i mean i think i went into a really in-depth reasons why all that was the case last episode or was it the episode before that um but this we were talking to the people for whom this is the first episode we've established this yeah, go let back and listen to the episode where I talk about memories. <laughs> or just listen to what I just said just now. I don't remember what you just said. Oh. Yeah, I don't. It's something about a faulty... I don't know. Yeah. Um, my first page note is page 249. 248. Oh, wow. Two, two on 248. It's, it's more nitpicking. <laughs> Way to undercut yourself. Okay. Yeah, I just... Hermione was was stuck in court proceedings that would undoubtedly last hours, but with no acknowledgement of Polyjuice Potion lasting, you know, 60 minutes. There is no part of this that took 60 minutes total or under it, 60 well, I, minutes total. Like I'm not even I'm not even there yet, but I completely agree with you. Yeah. I'm saying uh, Harry's assertion. Oh, Ron's up there. Hermione's she's stuck in court for hours. Right, that idea. Full stop. Of her, that, of I'm done with yeah. that thought. I'm like, you guys right. don't have flasks. Why don't they carry flasks? Uh, so they can they take a couldn't... sneak a nip like Moody used to, or not Moody. Do you have to like do it on the hour? To... No, but you have to be a certain age to buy a flask. I don't know, man. I'm. I mean, I don't want to do the work for her. I don't like doing that. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You have good points. It's England. Everybody's got a flask. Maybe that's the case. I wouldn't know. I've never been, Rob. Oh, oh, you, you must, must go. go. It's lovely. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> All right. All right. Yes. Fine. Um. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's, um, it's fine. It's fine. I may be predictable, but I'm also... Unpredictable, yeah. <laughs> Didn't know I was gonna say that. 
what's your what's what was your other note on that page? Or was it this, it was um, just oh, the same okay. Thing? So this is this is kind of interesting to me. Uh, she talked about the people they were twiddling their wands in unison while they're assembling the flyers, right? And they were all spaced out. It felt it, it felt more like script direction. Like she at this point knew. Yeah. That this was going to be a movie, and this is how she wanted it to look. It didn't feel like an honest description. It felt like, oh, I want to see this, this, this whimsy, this everyone's doing it in unison, like my own take on something from Brazil. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was I, interesting. It's, it, yeah. it's the author becoming the author became self aware, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like Skynet. Mm-hmm. And we all know nothing bad happened after Skynet became. That's not true. Lots of bad things happen after Skynet. Oh, okay. like Terminator Genesis was horrible. Yeah, I didn't like that one. Oh shit! What's your two forty nine? Um. Ooh, I really liked the i. I liked her having Moody's eye in her door as like yeah. this crazy spy device. Um, I thought that was pretty. It was pretty like grim. <laughs> it was pretty grisly. Did you, did you like it more as a spy device or as a trophy or both? Bubble of both. There is both great. I liked it. Yep. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Oh fuck. That's fucked up. Cause I was like, it, it sort of at one point like hit me like, Oh, I guess he might, he probably really is dead. Like that. They probably, they probably took that from his body. Like, yeah, God, that's gross and sad. Oh, poor moody. And then like, you know, her, I wish there was a little description of like, you know, the way he described it is that it has like a, like a telescoping lens or something that comes off the yeah. back. And I would have yeah. liked a little bit more. Maybe it's in there and I just didn't, notice it or just blew past it but there is a part where like i was hoping they would describe like at the end of it is a little like uh like footstool that she has to stand on to reach it oh like a little uh, like a little poof yeah yeah i thought that would have been clever yeah. and cute that totally would have totally would have been in, in keeping yeah um because she's short right she's, like yeah well, she's totally short yeah she's toad like um toad like so chow in the o so i uh that was that that was that thought. Um, that's it for that one. My, I, mean, okay. I don't know. Let me think if I was <laughs> sorry. Um, the, yeah, just that idea of like feeling like there's a, and it, it's, it's. I really like these chapters. I guess like I, I sort of really like them. There's, I'll get to it later. But this part of it meant that like Harry had to confront all in all these moments. He had to confront Mad Eye's dead, mm-hmm. and sh- this person's taken his like eyeball as a trophy and like all these things are escalating and, and like compounding eventually into him, like attacking her in the court proceedings. Like, it, well, and also him having to react to this because it's so unjust leads to them almost getting nicked. Yeah. Oh, and Ron getting hurt and everything else. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that's that note. My next note is page two fifty four. Mine too. Is it the same one? Is it the same? Is it the same one? Do, do should we say it together? Uh, yeah, sure. Do you want to, how do you want to, do you want to count into it or like, what do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's count into well yeah sure let's count into it three two right, one and go yeah yeah okay all right, all right here we go three, three two, two one, one. Wakanda Bay. yeah <laughs> what was your sorry i said wakanda forever <laughs> okay <laughs> um yeah i i yeah. read that and i thought i thought huh <laughs> like my first thought was I think this is. I'm gonna give her benefit of the doubt right. and say she did not know what Black Panther was at that time because it was well before the film. It was well before the film, um, and I, I double checked, and I believe it's a blonde witch. Oh yeah, my my guess was it's just like she was like, what? How can I make the name Wanda sound like a witch's name? Right. What if I just throw a couple extra like a syllable inside there, and that's how magic names work. <laughs> It's like that. I, I'm telling you, if, if you haven't seen Gentleman Broncos, you need to see Gentleman Broncos because there's this whole segment in that movie about how you turn a a character's name into a sci-fi name, and it's just like you add Tanus to the end of it, so you have like, you know, Charles Tanus or like, you know, like Rob Tanus. I don't like that. <laughs> um, I don't think we've ever talked about Gentleman Broncos though. That's the first I'm hearing of it. Oh. Oh, well, that's a great movie. Okay. Great movie. It's a great documentary? Movie. No. Hmm. Nope. It's just a weird little comedy with a lot of, like, very talented people. Sam Rockwell, Jemaine Clement. 
Um, Where would I find this movie, this gentleman Broncos? Oh, I don't know, man. Was it on the Netflix? I don't know. It's it, I, I don't remember where I saw it. I saw it years ago. Years. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, this movie rules. <laughs> this movie's so weird. It's it directed by the guy who directed Napoleon Dynamite. So it's got a, a sort of feel like that, but it's a it's worth watching, man. Never seen Napoleon Dynamite. You've never seen that one either. I, I mean, I I guess I wouldn't start with Napoleon Dynamite because you don't want to see it. No, I don't. But like but like maybe if you like this movie, it might you might be like, "Well, maybe." Um, did you like Natural Libre? Uh, I didn't see it. Okay. I only saw the trailer. I did really like the part where Jack Black, Jack Black said uh, his pants were a stinky. <laughs> yeah, was, I should watch it's that. A, it again. felt like a funny and ridiculous attention to a, a specific detail that just made me laugh. Yeah. Uh, I would, you know, when, when if you ever get around to just being like, mm, what can I watch? Highly recommended. Okay. Gentlemen Broncos. Anyway, that's what that's means. Hmm. Go ahead. That's what Wakanda reminded me of in this sense. Like, I do not think it was a reference to the, oh no, the homeland and the kingdom of the Black Panther. I think it was just silly words. I found out how to spell Ibambe though. <laughs> okay. Because um, <laughs> I'm like I'm like the way I wrote it. I'm like that's not right. That looks stupid. <laughs> and I was I was I was wrong in almost every instance. In fact, if I if you wrote how I wrote it backwards, it's closer to how it is actually spelled. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> my next note's uh, two fifty-seven. What's yours? It's actually my last note for this chapter. Okay, uh, this one I think is like my big note for this episode. Um, okay. So in this area of the chapter, she starts describing how the Dementors are being used with the Ministry to like sap the joy and life out of all these like muggle-borns or like right. you know half-bloods or whatever and i was thinking about it and i started to like criticize it in my head because i was like you know the the metaphor of the dementors is so strong in the first time they show up like this idea right. about this is depression like this thing mm-hmm. is self-doubt it is depression it is all these things that afflict people and it's so well done in that original way that like them somehow like becoming more less metaphoric and more a part of the real world of Harry Potter, like mm-hmm. more very Harry Potter, like a video game, not like an, uh, an allegory or anything like that. Like it, it felt, I was thinking about it. I was watching it. I was reading it. And I was just like, this is not, this is losing that metaphor. Like these people sure. aren't depressed. They're being oppressed. And then I thought, right. I thought, well, what if like, what if that is equivalent in the story though? Like what if the Dementors are still, they're still a physical thing in the world, but what if they're also still a metaphor for like oppression or they're, they're like, you know, a, a metaphor for like this distinction between ruling classes and racism and all these like different things, this bigotry, these things that like these poor people cannot get out from under these people are like subjugated and they're like, uh, you know, detained and humiliated and r- ruined. Mm-hmm. And then, and they have, they don't have any recourse. There's nothing around them that can help them. So like, of, of course they would feel all those same things that anyone who's like attacked by a Dementor would feel in those, the first times the Dementors show up. Um, and so I kind of like talked myself out of hating it. I still feel like it, it starts to be like split, like, I, I guess I I'm, I like them as the pure metaphor for depression. Um, I don't know. I it's just had a couple of thoughts on it. <laughs> My dementors are showing the. But I don't know. Did you have any thoughts about their use uh, as sort of like corporal punishment tools? Not. I mean, I guess it's a a way to show Voldemort's uh, influence in the ministry, but it does totally lessen their original impact. Um, and I mean, now that you've said that, I'm, I'm kind of like fixating on that. Like, did you watch Doctor Who? Ever? Or like what specifically? The the, the last... No. Since it's come since it's come back. I, I didn't... I have not watched the Doctor as a, a lady. No, 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 no. I'm saying since like, since 2005. Oh, yes, of back. course. I've watched all the way up through, I believe, the uh, pre-Lady Doctor... <laughs> 
And that's not because um, the doctor changed. I just, I couldn't find it anymore. I mean, I didn't feel it was my place to point it out, but since you're bringing it up, no. I don't, Peter Capaldi. I watched it up through like. It's 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 very J.K. Rowling of you. I'm just what I'm saying. It was, I just watched it up to that. And like, I, tr- I, I haven't, I have not here. Actually, I have watched it up to the Christmas special with Peter Capaldi's doctor and the first doctor played by Filch. Right. I haven't watched right. that. I haven't was watched that. That, that, that was that was the cool uh, Christmas Day World War One thing. Yeah, that was that was I was like wanting to go see it in the theater, and then I think nobody wanted to go with me, or nobody uh, could, and I was like bummed, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What's Rob doing?" And it, you were like, "I'm working," and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Dickensian childhood. Um, but what you said reminded me kind of of uh, the Weeping Angels, how they are amazingly introduced perfectly in blink right and every time subsequently they were shown their punch is lessened because they're no longer a, a sort of metaphorical thing that's going to you know get you and, and take your would-be life they just kill you yep and it's like it's like well that's a lot less scary and and that just that's just kind of it does feel like she's lessened the effect the efficacy of the dementors it's the same as the borg like the borg show up in next gen and they're this big scary like metaphor for mm-hmm. like a lack of individuality, like, you know, sure. a, a march towards progress, like the idea that like a, you know, a, a corporation can suck all of the joy out of a creative environment, things like that. They're, mm-hmm. they're very powerful in that metaphor. They take, they can take somebody as strong as Jean-Luc Picard and turn him into a nothing. Like he, they're, they're a leader, but like he loses all of the things that made him great and they just get it. They just, they just get all those things. So, like, but then if you think about how much further they fall as a metaphor or even as a threat, I mean, I haven't watched every episode with Borg mm-hmm. ever, but, like, my... Certainly not with the Lady Borgs. Well, I watched a lot of Voyager, but, like, I I don't remember, like, I don't remember... Like, okay, here's an example, and it's a great episode, but, like, damn, what's the name of the Borg that they get that they get, they let him take his own identity? Like, he names himself. Like he gets his oh, it's like back. it's like Hugh. It's Hugh, yeah, Hugh. Why do I know that? I don't Why know. the fuck do I know that? Uh, yeah, it's so weird. Hugh, because I don't know if I've even seen that episode. Anyways, go ahead. That episode's great, but like, then there's other times where it's just like it's kind of just like boring or it's like nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's episodes where they like get on the Borg ships and they just sort of walk around them. <laughs> they just like move through them and like nothing really happens. Anyway, that I agree. Like, there's, there's other, there's this. I think you can add Dementors to this long list of really impactful, like, fantasy and sci-fi villains and creative, like, new concepts that end up being overused because they were too popular mm-hmm. or too well done in their like onset. Sure, outset. That's the right word. I, uh, I think my my overview of this chapter was that it was pretty intense. Like, I, I liked it. I think. Um, it's it's fun. I'm I'm always down for a heist. It, but it was that same shit she keeps doing, and maybe this is just like I just don't like this style of writing. Like maybe Which it, style it takes is that? seven. Maybe it's taken seven books for me to realize that my complaint about how she intermixes like terror and comedy is just what she likes, and I don't like that. Like you don't you don't you don't make jokes when you're scared. It's not making. It's not the same. It's it's that's a human reaction to something. She's. Okay. She's weaving she's a narrative. Human. No, I'm saying she's weaving a narrative that is giving me conflicting tones. And I'm not sure how to feel in those in these chapters. Like I don't know how to, if I should feel scared for them or if I should be laughing because Ron's all wet. Oh, isn't he so funny because he's all wet. And he he he's the, he thinks that woman's his wife. So you is is that would it be fair to say that you think she has a bad grasp of comic relief maybe maybe that's what she's trying to do and it's not coming through for you not for me i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't be willing i guess at this point to say that i think it's her a bad grasp of it because maybe it is me like i'm part of the equation too like it's it could be just that i'm too literal and i don't comic relief works in other situations for you right of course it does but this this just feels like you show me moody's eyeball (laughs) right and then you have harry like like deal deal with the whole like situation where the guy's like that's my wife and it's like this this is humorous like the way you're writing this is humorous but i know if those two people don't get the fuck out of here they're in serious danger and i don't find that funny right 
So like it it feels like I don't like that feeling that she puts in those situations where it's like it just feels it just feels like she doesn't isn't making a choice. That's how it feels. It feels like it's the it's the non-choice option. She wants it both ways. She gets it both ways. Anybody who reads it can read it as a great intense scene or anybody who reads it can read it as a hilarious scene. So I had a deleted well I say deleted. I did I skipped over it cuz it kind of became moot in the sense that the book did answer my question but in retrospect it does kind of seem like it's a cake and eat it too thing where the um it seemed to me like in any government office magical or otherwise if there is something deployed that's clearly a distraction device there'd be a lockdown there'd be like i don't care if it's a kid's you know whoopee cushion that's ridiculous obviously (laughs) but you know what i mean um we need to figure this shit out because we are highly trained magical operatives. And then that's dismissed with the, huh, it's probably experimental charms again. Remember that poisonous duck? Um, Which I'm like, okay, fine. I guess you answered it. I guess they have wacky shit happening from the other floor. But now I'm thinking, yeah, it's cake and eat it too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's the heroes accidentally exploiting this weakness in the system. They didn't even know about. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I, is only put there be, so they could exploit it because it's it it just she's she's eh. constantly setting up tension and then deflating it, setting up more tension yeah. then deflating it, setting up tension then deflating it, and it just feels like I hate that feeling. Like I hate I would one give me one of those, like just do it, just make a mm-hmm. good one. But it's just like it's like being like I don't know. It just makes me feel like I'm being pulled in a lot of different directions, and that feels shitty. I don't want to use any language sure. that like is. I I like I'm cautious to say things like I wouldn't I wouldn't dare to say that it's amateurish. She's an accomplished mm-hmm. author. I wouldn't dare to say that like she's dumb for doing it. She's a deliberate author. Um, she knows what she's doing, but it it is jarring. I think that's fair to say that the constant back and forth between a goofy thing and a very serious thing is just, it's, it's just directionless. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a good word for it. Goofy. It's yeah. not even whimsy. Cause whimsy can be terrifying used right. correctly, but it's the goofiness. Right. That is, I see what you're saying now about it being totally jarring. Yeah, totally. Anyway, that's, it's just another one of those times we've had a lot of them. We've had a lot of these moments and it's like, I think that the idea of something being threatening and like uh, whimsical and like, I think, I don't know if you and I have ever talked about this, but something like the brave little toaster is, is the kind of, I know of it. Right. It, in my memory, and I haven't seen it for a long time. My memory of it is that it does follow that kind of thing. Like the, the tension and the anxiety in that story is very real. And the, Mm -hmm. the fun in that story, it's present and it has that sort of like, exciting like fantasy world element to it because you're talking about a bunch of household appliances that are talking or you know we talked recently i don't know if we talked on the podcast about it but we talked about james and the giant peach uh mm. same kind of thing like there's sure. there's drama there's dread there's threats of danger and or violence but it's got this like it's got this amazing feeling of, mm. of like you know of magic and wonder this has the magic but none of the wonder it has a goofy feeling okay. it has like this goofiness that deflates the tension and doesn't add to it okay in my that's opinion a really good no no it's a really good observation like she's using goofiness instead of wonder yeah that's i think the problem is that she's she's using she has ron being a fucking goof as opposed to being a like building up this this wonder of the world like she has this thing about like wasn't it the, the wizard and the witch sitting on a a, a, a thrones of muggles that are clamoring to yeah. get out from those that shit is visually dark like that is really yeah. really dark imagery and it's a powerful image it is but then to have it like is, it be yeah. juxtaposed to ron being like oh my wife and then everyone being like oh she's not your wife and it's like what <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why I liked that creature chapter so much. It's because she didn't bring any of that bullshit into it. Mm-hmm. She just let it be a really heavy thing and let it be this amazing moment for this character that turned him. And like, it just felt like it was like uh, refreshingly normal. It was well done. It didn't have any goofy bullshit in it. And it's fine. Mm-hmm. This stuff, like, I just, I don't know, man. Like, 
I'm trying to find a comparison to something equivalent. Some, something that even does what I think she was trying to do and works. Like, I can't think of anything that is... I would be genuinely afraid for the characters in where they're also being goofy. Mm-hmm. Unless it's just a straight comedy. Like, there's no part of it supposed to be serious. Like, Tropic Thunder. You know? Like, like you know, or, or like... Uh, like Pineapple Express, like movies like that where there is like high tension, lots of action, things like that. But it's at its heart, the the what it is more than anything else is a goofy comedy. I don't I don't think that's applicable though because those are viewed through the goofy lens. Even exactly, horrible, tragic, gross, you know, bloody things happen. Right. It's the it's the goofy lens is still there, right? So present. So yeah. the tone's not different. Right. In this, it's I don't shocking, but it's not jarring and that's the problem with, with these this her writing i can't tell what the tone's supposed to be because it just it's like a literary optometrist <laughs> you like one or two right one or two because it's little lintus yeah in the okay i guess it was i guess that joke was too visual i can see that <laughs> i'm leaving that i'm leaving that pause in there it's so awkward i love it uh, is that it for you in the chapter? Um, that is it for me in the chapter, yes. Do you have anything else you want to talk about in that chapter, just as, like, a, a general thing? Why do you think Harry was so insistent on moving right away? Like, he, he justifies himself, he explains it, but why do you think, like, what do you think was itching at him? Because it certainly seemed like, and maybe, maybe that's just the feeling I got because, we don't get to feel the days that move on and the months that they spent there not doing anything. I mean, you you want you want the end book reason for it? No, not yet, unless it's been revealed. No, 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 no. I'm saying I'm saying you want in book justification, like where I think what Harry's head is, not how yeah, yeah, yeah. Rowling got there. Yeah. Um I probably just wanted to feel like he was doing something. I mean, Harry can be kind of reckless. He, he grabbed definitely, that eye. He definitely can. And that's, they talk about it's it. It's like, like, oh, I don't want to wait anymore. I don't want to, in my Harry mind, we've done enough work. Let's just go do it so we can feel like we're doing something. Yeah. Yeah. Dumb. D-U-M. I, it's not, that's not entirely fair. It's not fair to call him dumb in this situation. It's just, I mean, I get it. It's, it's impetuous, but he's also like got a goal and there's like, he, he's right in thinking like the longer they wait, they're not going to, he said that's lying in there about, about like, I don't think we're going to be more, any more prepared. And it's like, yeah, but like, I also feel like people might be just about to tell you how you could be more prepared. I mean, I mean, wait, this is like, isn't this like seconds after Ron had his big fuck up about the wrong colored robes or not telling yeah. the detail about yeah. the robes. Yeah. I think you could be a little bit more prepared. Yeah, exactly. Literally just proved you could be a little bit more prepared. And, and Hermione's like still able to recite words people say, like right, because she she's the one who's really prepared. Like, right. Ugh, Ron. Ugh, what a. Anyway, Ron, who grew up affiliated with the Ministry. Yep. Like, if I was to ask you, um, trying to think of something, in football, can you tell me what? the shirts referees wear look like yeah they're uh, black and white stripes there you go and you know that being a person who does not watch football because it's ubiquitous i was gonna get it wrong i'm like is that soccer i don't know it's a ubiquitous part of our culture um is that the right use of that word i think it is (laughs) i think it's well i guess in that in that uh vein maybe ron just assumed everyone knew it because he grew up with that information forgetting that harry and Hermione or Muggleborn. Yeah, because he's not very smart. Um, Maybe he's just not very empathic. I think he, yeah, he he's got a lot going on. Um, he's got a lot of defici- yeah, deficits, is what I'm saying. Oh, um, <laughs> that's that's less positive. All right. Well, I think that brings us to chapter fourteen. The thief. My only page note is page two eighty. Oh shit! My only page note is two seventy three. <laughs> Okay, uh, 273. Yep. Ron sure made a big deal of not saying Voldemort's name. Yeah, he's doing that again. Okay. Yeah, interesting that that's coming up in the book, and but it seems so natural, uh, not forced by the author at all. Yeah, certainly. Hmm. It's weird. Hmm. Oh, is th- so there's a reason? <laughs> what? 
I did notice it. I thought it was weird, and I also totally disregarded it. I was like, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I feel like I'm trying to be led down a path, and I don't care. See, you are smart. It's like, you know when people spin you around when you have your blindfolds on, you're going to hit a pinata? Yeah. And then they stop you, and you're like, they, you're supposed to know when they stop you that you're pointed in the right direction? It's like that. It's like she spins me around and like all my expectations and then she stops me and is like, go, go, follow the, follow the, oh, he's not saying his name anymore thing. And I was like, I don't fucking care. And you just like drop your stick and take your blindfold off and walk away. That's how it feels. I can buy candy. Yeah. I don't need this. I'm an adult. I can buy my, the kind of candy I want. Right. I want your fucking Smarties. I want some Almond Joy. Tune into our uh, movie commentaries for the snack report. (laughs) No Smarties. Fucking Smarties. What the fuck? What? What? I come on. What? You know what Smarties are good for? Uh, is this like that war song? No. Oh. They're good for ruining the good candy because they make them taste like fucking Smarties. And what are Smarties Through again? The different levels of cellophane. They're like they're like they're like Pez, but they're little round discs, and they come in a tube like a little rainbow. All right. Here's here's my thought on Smarties. Okay. I like Smarties. I don't think they should contaminate other candies. Well, how are you gonna do that? You gonna you gonna make you gonna wrap them in thicker plastic, Doug? That's gonna drive I, I think the that cost the, up through the roof because Smarties are the cheapest fucking candy there is. Are they cheaper than Tootsie Rolls? Dude, Tootsie Roll, you gotta put some time into Tootsie Roll. You gotta you got like taffy pulling machines and they gotta lay them all out. They gotta extrude that shit. They gotta cut it up. They fucking cheap. Of course they are. They're just shit out of a machine. I mean, anyway, I. <laughs> um... <laughs> I, I, I like Smarties. I think Smarties are fine. I just, I can appreciate not wanting to have other candies. I want Three Musketeers that taste like Smarties. I, I, compl- I think that is entirely I don't want reasonable. a Snickers bar that tastes like Easter Bunny shit. Yep, I think you're right. You're right to not want those things. Um, I don't think I realized how much I hated Smarties until this moment. I'm very interested in your discovery. <laughs> I'm interested <laughs> to know where it goes and how it shapes uh, your life. Oof. I like to think that we're all a little bit intelligenter. Okay. Um, my note for this part of the the book, my my two eighty, is is similar. It's like this whole this persistent lecturing from Hermione about oculomancy is like, dude, how many times do we have to read the situation where Harry goes into a room? And collapses because of a dream and then is roused from that moment by Hermione screaming at him only to have him recover and then her go, if only you'd practice oculomancy. It feels like uh, like a Vanessa Bayer bit from SNL. <laughs> like It feels like that kind of character is like, why won't you li- listen to my reasons? And it's just like, I, I'm, it is as irritating as that character is supposed to be. Do you think she thinks she's doing character work and like this is something Hermione would do, so I'm going to be constant about it? Because I don't think there's ever any more payoff for this than in book five when it was used against Harry to make him think, you know, Sirius was where he wasn't. Right. I think it's just reiterating everything, but it does move the plot forward every single time, and I don't think that there is any more detriment because of it so the only reason as far as i remember that hermione is doing this is just because it's in keeping with hermione it just seems it seems like somebody is very tiresome to read it feels like someone's just like on cruise control yeah like it's just like yeah hermione would say this because i've she said it a bunch before whatever like it's just like okay it's boring it's really irritating as the reader like this shit is old. It is tired. Like, retire it. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Like, I mean, he's already expl- he already had his moment of explaining to her why he wants these things to continue to happen. What the sacrifice even, he's making. Yeah. Like, it's he's it's a choice, and she still like pushes him. Like, you know, if only you'd practice. Ugh. She's too smart to do that. Especially since there's literally currently no way for him to practice. Right. That's why it's just adding stress to the situation, to the already stressful situation. He doesn't have any way to contact Snape, who he wouldn't contact because he hates and firmly believes he's evil. 
But even if he had someone of that skill level, he can't do any kind of correspondence course. They don't have anybody with them. There's no way for him to practice it. I think her he argument... Because it seems like you need a legitimate to practice it, right? Someone trying to actively get in your mind to practice it. Well, so I think her argument is that he should he should have enough training up to the point he has to at least try to resist. And it certainly doesn't appear like he's even trying to resist. And I think that's where she's pushing him. Like if he if he tried harder when it happens, he might through through force be like compelled to get better. Like some and, and but he's saying I don't want could to evolve. Yeah, right. But, but, he, but he's saying no, I don't want to. I want to know what they're doing. I it's like I get to spy on them, and right. and he so so but for her to continue after hearing that argument, to continue to stress the you're not even trying or whatever is like. We win. We did this. Like we did this part of the story already. These characters have gone through this moment. Why are we doing it again? Right. Um, it just it, it it's like reading. It's like being nagged by the book. <laughs> and uh, I don't. It's whatever. I didn't like that. Um, do you have any other notes? No. Nope. I have an I, overview. I'm, I'm having I'm, I'm having a hard time separating this chapter specifically from. I, it was because this is the short chapter. Right? This is basically Harry. The point of this chapter was Harry's vision into Voldemort's vision, which is kind of an inceptiony moment, right? Yes, yes. It's Harry seeing into Voldemort using Occlumens on yes Grigorovich. Yes, and and that's okay. my that's my note is my last note for this chapter is that I just I don't remember the movie very well, but my I have this weird suspicion that that boy mm-hmm. is Luna's dad, and if I'm right or wrong i don't want to know interesting but that's my that's my thought as i was like trying to think of blonde people we know and that was the only mm-hmm. one i could think of uh that interesting. would make sense for these things unless mm. i don't know the person at all mm. but let me ask you this then okay what was he stealing um well it's tough because like I mean, we. we oh, do you have any ideas? We have a presumption that he's interested in the Deathly Hallows, right? So he would be after the Elder Wand, presumably. Um, I don't know. Maybe well, who's I'm... after that? Who's that? are you talking about? Who are you talking about? The thief or Voldemort or? I don't know how long. I don't know where Dumbledore got the Elder Wand. No, who's the he you were talking about just now? The blonde boy who stole something out of Grigorovich's okay. uh, okay. place. The one who Harry's like, I've seen him before. He's like, I recognize him. I think it's, I think it's uh, Luna's dad, who he <laughs> would have only have seen at the wedding, so probably wouldn't have. Although the how recent it is to when he saw him. Hmm. I mean, he's obviously older, but like, I don't know. Hmm. It uh, that's my that's my instinct. Um, Interesting. The uh, but again, I don't really know what he's after. My guess would again be one of the Deathly Hallows. It doesn't make sense that he that Grigorovich would have a Horcrux. So it's probably not one of those. And the only other thing I can think of is the the Deathly Hallows. And I don't remember what they are. I know the Elder Wand. Mm. I know the an invisibility cloak or the invisibility cloak. I don't know. And then there's another one that's like a ring or something, right? Like, I don't remember what the other one is. Guess we'll have to wait and see. I guess we'll have to wait and or see. Or wait and read. Y- yep, that too. Uh, but otherwise, I think that brings us to Chapter 15. The Goblin's Revenge. My first would be a good name note. for a pirate ship. <laughs> it would be okay. Sorry. Oh, that's good. My my first page note is page two eighty four. Okay. Do you not have any notes? Oh. <laughs> oh no, I have I have I have I have one after that. I was just looking at the one that I scratched out because it totally was pointless. I've okay. got a couple more. So I'm first. Mm-hmm. Harry buries the eye. What an idiot! Like the idea <laughs> that. That eye is immensely powerful, and he just threw it away on a pointless symbolic gesture. Like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Like, he seems to be consistently throwing away powerful magical objects that could be aiding him in his quests. Like, that eye can see through invisibility cloaks. Like, keep it on your person, man. If somebody else That's finds it. That's a really it, good point. I didn't think about that. Would that have effect, Would that have worked on Dolores' door? Yeah, when he if walks. If she happened to be looking out. And he's under the Harry? cloak. Like, in that yeah. moment. I would thought that if in that moment. there? I thought yeah. that at that moment. I thought, like, I expected his description of the eye or her description of the eye in the door to be darting around and see things. And then when It does he, do that in the movie. 
Sure. And when she like when he gets up to it and it, like it just like isn't moving at all, I was like, it that's... fixes on him. Well, that's no, I don't think in the oh, book. That... It, I think in the book it's not no, moving it at all. I thought it was like looking up at this just like dead, like a dead eye. Like, I, I think it was. But in my head, I'm like, if it looks at him, it's it's going to see him because it can see. That would have been a close. very creepy and compelling uh, uh, element if she had done that. Yeah. Oh, shit. And in and, and instead, he just opens the door. He makes us fart bomb. And then he opens the door and he's like, oh, look at this eye. Uh, but like and then and then just to ditch it is like, even if it could do nothing more than that. Oh, my God. Is that powerful? Like, yeah. I, I I was I was just very bothered by that idea. Like it's just he's so stupid. He's just so stupid. However, and this could be another thing. Like it's just one of those things where like you give a character a uh, an opportunity to have this moment. So you you're right in this situation where he gets the eye. Right. Like imagine if this chapters had been written, written without the eye there. Like the eye mm-hmm. take the eye out of it. What would really have changed? Harry wouldn't have this moment to have closure with Mad Eye. That's it. That and they will no. They also would have gotten away very cleanly. They well presumably, but you could also write in another thing. True. 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 Like, what shows how horrible Umbridge is again? The whole like there's a like I think it's pretty good uh, the amount of stuff they have about her being horrible. She she's horrible enough. So you're right. You're right. The only thing is for the moody closure, which sometimes you don't even get, which also could have been compelling in its own way. Right. Like I I mean I don't know I. It just feels like it's like when she realized how powerful the Marauders map was. It's like she's given these characters items that are so powerful that she has to mm-hmm. find a way to take them back because they're game breakingly powerful. Right. And she can't as a writer, she needs to have her characters be vulnerable. She can't write them to be um like omnipotent because then they're boring. But like this feels stupid. Like I don't even know mm. if he, I don't even know if he tells Hermione or Ron at this point that he did I that. I don't remember that. I don't. Like I imagine they would be pretty pissed about it. I think. I think. Yeah. I I think actually maybe he did. Maybe he did. So they, they said they know there's an intruder, and he. I thought he was like that was me. Maybe not. Maybe they didn't have time. Maybe he just knew it. Maybe he told us that. Yeah. But even that, like, imagine he has the eye. He puts it up to his eye. When they're looking for these intruders and not sure where they're coming from, why wouldn't the eye be able to show them that? It seems to be like really powerful. It, like in, I would, I would try, you know. Right. Uh, it just—he's dumb, and 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 like I wish she didn't write him dumb. Like I get why she needs him to not have that item, but at that point, just like don't give it to him. Right. Uh, or he takes it, or he takes it, still takes it. From, from the ministry, but he drops it. Mm-hmm. He loses it in the ministry. Unless, of course, again, she also needed to find a way where the ministry couldn't have the eye either. So they couldn't see his through his invisibility cloak because he'll need it again later. Right. It's just the, I'm, I'm talking, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to describe the intricate lattice system of plot holes and things like that, that an, a good author works really hard to avoid. And she's, clearly working really hard to avoid anyone having access to this eyeball which at this point kind of could have been done by just saying no one found any remains of mad eye moody's body but if there's the magical technology to make an eyeball and a magic eye that can see through invisibility cloaks why can't they do that to glasses this is the exact same conversation we had back when we first when we first learned about the marauders map and i said why didn't those boys like found a business making goddamn Marauders maps for yeah. every business. They would have the, a, a security empire figuring out how to tell corporations like you hire somebody that just sits and watches this and they can keep track of whoever's on there in your property. And they just sell that to everyone. And they make maybe a wizards fortune. are just that dumb. Maybe they just have literally no business acumen. There's a really compelling argument for the idea that the access to this amount of technological power, like this amount of ease in in work could breed really lazy and dumb people. And yeah. and I think that that's very fair and compelling, but she doesn't so address the, it. The wizards the wizards are like the 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 floating people in Wally. Yes, exactly. They're, they're the they're the mental version of the floating people in Wally because they don't have to mm-hmm. think about anything they do except want and then they can have. They're toddlers. 
they've evolved away from logic. I mean, Hermione in the first book said wizards suck at logic. Oh, did she? Oh, yeah. That's that's why that's why she thought maybe this, these books are amazing. They're so well written. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why Snape's puzzle is supposed to be so awesome because it's a logic puzzle, and she's like, most wizards don't have a lick of logic or. Or something like that. Maybe maybe it, I've just discovered how brilliant these books are, but it certainly seems like we're we're frog DNAing it for her. I'm telling you, man, it's book one. Wow. I can find the passages She's you fucking want. fucking brilliant. No, I believe you. I mean I that's what you're here yeah, for. Yeah. I mean, you're here to you're here to you read it in the Scots Gaelic version. No, I don't need it. I'm fine. Okay. okay. Cause I got that version too. I got it in German. Oh uh, we we <laughs> Oh, this is well-worn ground. Um, I'm just, I'm just saying, Harry Potter's the best ever, and we should do a podcast about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not crying. <sighs> All right, I've got page uh, 303. Okay, 292. Okay. Which I thought you would actually have something about. I might. Gamp's law of elemental transfiguration. We finally get some answers. Oh yeah. Uh, I still don't like it. Oh. Oh, except, except, uh-huh. I will say, it does, yeah. in a completely out-of-left-field way, yeah. further justify my belief, and I use that word, my faith, I use those words very specifically, that Jesus Christ was a wizard. <laughs> Should we say what Gamp's Law is? Go for it. The, uh, roughly, you can't create food from nothing, although she did say most food, which I found interesting. Um, so the food you can create from nothing, fucking make that, and then everyone can eat. Um, but you can duplicate it or, or create more of it if you have some, and you can summon it, which I have a further note. Um, is my next note is, is about the summoning of the food because it, she she words that very specifically, and it makes me I'm bothered by summoning terms now. Um, but you can't create it out of out of nothing. So you think using this, Jesus was a wizard? Yeah. I think this is loaves and the fishes. Yep. Yep. He only had the one of each and he Mm -hmm. duplicated them enough to feed everyone. Do you think, and I, I I don't know how, how old it is. Um, No, I think, I think, I think I'm now I'm going off on a different tangent. What did wizards use for spells pre Latin? Most of these spells are Latin based. Do wizards from Africa use a totally different lexicon for spell? Why isn't there a more English based one for the English wizards? Dude, I don't know. It's almost like it's all bullshit. <laughs> it is like that. Because if that's the case, think of it this way. You know how like okay. there are specific words in other in non English languages that mean things that we would have to have whole sentences for? Mm-hmm. Well, like what if there are spells in other languages that like Ooh. are completely different spells, but you, and, and there's no like English translate or even Latin translation for them. The, the schadenfreude of spells. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. I like that a lot. I it, copyright death readers. <laughs> they don't know if we can copyright. Well, what we could do because we, su- property. because we know, because we submit it's that thing where like, uh, I don't know if you do if you do this, but I follow writers on like Twitter and things like that. And a lot of times mm-hmm. they'll have to make tweets where they say things like, "Okay, so for those of you who don't know this, you please if you if you tweet me or send me a script or a anything or an idea for a story, I have to block you because to protect myself legally from being sued for like stealing your IP." I have to know that I've taken every chance to like cut off my ties to people who do that to me because my job is creating IP. So like literally the first I've ever heard of this is fascinating. So if uh, she, that's why a lot of people, like a lot of creative people, the people you'd want to get your scripts to because you admire them can't read scripts because your idea might inception them. And influence mm-hmm. something they've done, which puts them at risk of being sued by you if you can prove you had the idea first and they took it from you. Right. So, so like, you know, if she has something else later that says something about, uh, 
wizards from non-Latin-based countries or or magic origins have different spells that, uh, you know, English-speaking wizards or Latin-based wizards wouldn't have the capacity to do uh, innately. Like, they could learn to do them, but they, like, there's no spell that could come from Latin to do that thing. Sure. Like, that's where we sue. Nice. Because we publish this, and it's our, this is We're our IP. We're locked and lawyered. Yeah, this is our IP, and we we are shooting these ideas out there. So take it, JK. Go on, take it. Um, mm. I, well, I, you know what I meant by that. No, Sure, sure. You know yeah, what I, I know meant what by meant. that. I know what you meant. Uh, I, I think we're going to have to settle out of court now, so thanks a lot. I meant that I'm – I am can't use that word. Um, <laughs> uh, there is no good word. All the words have entendres. You can't use that word. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to entice her into falling into my trap. Oh, okay. Lure. Yes, lure would be a great not – horrible word like all the other ones yes. i was thinking of <laughs> 293 that's you okay so hermione said you can summon food if you know where some is which immediately i'm like wait a second so now you have to know where shit is to summon it which accio broom accio broom harry knew where it was right fine accio books on horcruxes Right. She was guessing they were in Dumbledore's office. Every time they've gone Accio Locket outside of the cave, they're hoping it's in there. Right. That seems like pretty murky waters for no versus, uh, I mean, because I could be like, Accio food in a store that I know is that way. I know where New York is. Right. Accio, three loaves of bread. New York, go. Boom. Right. Or, you know, I'm in England, so London, closer. Um, yeah. What the fuck? Come on. That's what? That that I it I really bothered. It took me down a little rabbit hole. Accio uh, the 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 summoning charm is problematic in a lot of different ways because we've talked about like Accio bones or Accio blood. Right. Like I, I know I know where your blood is. Yeah, I know where your brain is. I know where your heart is. Accio heart. Mm-hmm. Where's that fucking story? That's not mm-hmm. an unforgivable curse. Like Accio heart. Right. Accio left molar just to show you what I'm capable of. But everyone's capable of it. That's the crazy thing. Like anyone could do yeah, that. Yeah, but if you spell. get there first, Accio tongue. Oh. So good. But yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, you know, we've where, never where talked about. Where does the knowledge Sorry. stop? Hermione's like, get the Ditney. I know it's in her purse, but her purse is a cavern. Does that count? Just Accio Ditney. Right. By that logic, yeah, summon some goddamn food so Ronald shut up. Right. Yeah. Have why we why have... are you going into town where there's dementors? Yeah. Accio. Oh, I'm worried about someone who didn't pay them. You're trying to save the world. They can spare some eggs. Yeah. Have we ever talked about magic pacemakers? No. I was just wondering, like, do you think there's a lot of, like, do you think that wizards have figured out how to, like, solve health issues like that so that they don't have the need for, like, here, here's the when reason I ask. Like a, okay. It's because Moody still doesn't have an eye. And right. Dumbledore still has a broken nose. Right. And all these... Harry still has a scar. Kind of stuff. Some magical scars can't be cured. We learned that also we, in book we, one. We learned that in this book, Original too. Original rule building. Yeah. I'm going to say that probably applies to Moody's eye. Dumbledore's nose. I, I This is not proven, but from context in this book, I feel that's a guilt break, and that's why mm-hmm. he's never wanted it fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, it does seem like outside of magical (laughs) boo-boos that you could just, you know, episky someone's arteries and get that calcified fat out of there. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Or, or would you have to like, like, like I'm going to put a charm on this necklace or even some sort of. Uh, what do you call it, medallion that we will embed in your chest that will keep your heart pumping? I don't know. Yeah. Good questions. They are good questions. What's your next page note? Uh, 309. Mine's 303. Okay. I just, I was bummed when it was so, it felt like so clear to me that she was writing in these really ham-fisted again, you know, 
not turkey hold, but like ham fisted uh, reasons for Ron and Hermione and Harry to all say each other's names or give clues to who they are in the conversation with Phineas. Oh, like there's a time when like Hermione says, Harry, you've got to do this. And then Harry's like, Hermione, Hermione, Hermione. And then Ron's like, what about my sister? Is she okay from the time she tried to steal the sword? And it's like, (laughs) okay, so all of those things are huge context clues as to who you guys are and what you're doing. Like that feels like really lazy. That's a book. That's back to being a book for an 11 year old. Yes, exactly. And I, and it's like, this is the last book and you're pulling this shit. (laughs) Oh, these kids have gone through enough to know how to like keep themselves. Maybe not Ron. Sure. But like, if they just might as well at this point, just give it to him and have him drop the bomb on all three. But there's a point when, when Phineas goes, Oh, Harry Potter, people are looking for you. And it's like, this guy is a hardcore Slytherin, right? Like, isn't he like probably going to be on the same sort of pure blood ideology as the bad guys? Why wouldn't he like rat them out? If that's what she needs to happen in her story, fine. But holy shit, this was bad. Like, this was really... Oh, how convenient. That's a good point that I, I think some part of me might have clocked it. I don't know. But I, it's... it's Yeah, I didn't realize. It just feels very it's convenient. It's weak. Yeah. It, it, it does. It feels like, like, oh, we're taking a break from the real writing. Yes. And just getting the points out I needed. Because, yeah. God, it's the seventh book and I just want to go to my beach house. <laughs> Yep. Or, you know, whatever floats her boat. Buoyancy, probably. Or girlancy. Well. So many ways to go, and I'm choosing to not. I'm opting to be a better person. All right. Um, that was the end of my notes. What's your next note? 309. Uh, Ron is storming off. Oh, God. Shocked that Hermione's not coming with him. Yeah. And, and he says mad. that line where he's like, oh, I, get, I get it. You choose him. And it's like, what? <laughs> what? What? A, he's so stupid. Uh, yeah. I know that this um, is supposed to be like a callback to the whole like, oh, everyone's getting to experience what it's like having a little bit of Voldemort inside them, like to control them and influence them. All, all the characters are getting that out, not just Harry. But like mm-hmm. once the thing's off you, it's supposed to give you this huge relief, like an instantaneous change. Where like Ron should have that moment of 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 reflection where he's like, oh, I was I was obviously out of my mind because of that stupid thing. Oh man, sorry guys, but he doesn't. He doesn't. Well, because his little boy feelings are hurt. Mm-hmm. My problem with that scene is she writes something had broken between them. Yeah. Which is the same imagery she used in book four during their little spat. Mm-hmm. And and she's like again. And it does definitely feel like it goes to this chapter feeling lazy. Yeah. She worked in Gamp's, you know, Law of Elemental Transfiguration, which she probably came up early on. Didn't think about it more. Like, I've got an answer. Move it on. Um, the summoning shit. Ron's bullshit. That naming thing. It's uh, blah. Um, yeah, I think that... <laughs> lazy chapter. Well, it just feels like she keeps going back to these wells. Like, there's these wells. It's like the ring. She just keeps going back to this well. Um, and the stuff that keeps coming out of it is horrific and boring. <laughs> I love that sensible chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> for a second, I was thinking, I'm like, I'm like, I was thinking the one ring, and I'm like, the well. And then it all clicked, and I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I see. You too are a man of taste. Um, the uh, and it just it just it's it's just like uh, yeah, it's it's the same thing as the uh, you need to do occlumency stuff where it's just like I fucking get okay. it, man. Okay, okay. On behalf of everyone listening, occlumency. Oh, am I saying it wrong? You're like occlumency. Yeah, yeah, I am saying that. Occlumency. Oc- say it like say occlumency. Say it like Alan Rickman. You can you can even put a pause and you can be like, Oh, Oh, you fucking 
uh, bang out of the park. Thank you for correcting that. I apologize to all the listeners who were upset at my butchering of a made-up word. <laughs> Let me all words are made up, Doug. It's true. Some of them are made up well. <laughs> Some of them are made up ring. I don't get a victory dab for that. No. <laughs> Your look of confusion, like, why is he peacocking over that? That was so good. Yeah. I loved it. Um. So anyway. I... <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is silly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I didn't like any of, I didn't like that. I mean, it was... It was a really weird. Are we done with the, with the notes? By the way, I, I've I've one last Go note. It. It's just ridiculous. Ron's blankets. Uh, Harry comes in. Hermione's on the distraught, floor. Yeah, and he he goes and grabs Ron's blankets and puts them on Hermione because he knows she wants to smell his ginger stink. Oh, do you think that's what he's did it for? I, it's what occurred. I'm like, why Ron's? Hermione's got blankets. Why do you take Ron's blankets and put them on her? I yeah, thought it was I, because he was like, Ron's not going to use them anymore. We might as well not pretend like he's coming back. Let's make use of them because we're all freezing cold in this tent. I mean, maybe, but she's on the floor and he didn't double up her blankets. So he could have got her blankets. But she I could take know. them back to the bed with her when she's finally ready to sleep. Or if she's staying up on watch. Like, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do watches now with only two people. Like Lady Hawk. Like, like, uh, she'll be a red she'll, dawn. She'll hawk during the day and he'll be a wolf at night weird never seen it um, you've never seen lady hawk no it's got matthew broderick rooker hauer well these were uh my overall note is that these these are really depressing chapters these were like just reading teen angst and like sadness and that it i'm a, i don't i don't know if i can take another three chapters of that in a row welcome to the deathly hallows oh <laughs> Honestly, I don't remember if it stays that bad or if these are just so angsty, but that's certainly the complaint people give to this book, that they are camping and angsting. We didn't really talk about the, the pile of people that have are, are running away from everything, like the group that they listen in oh, on. Oh, yeah, yeah, Dean and Tonks and it's, the goblins. Yeah. Tonks? Ted Tonks. Oh, okay, her dad, her dad right. Yeah, I was wondering why. I guess it was like it was sad. I, I I felt like there could have been this moment where she really amped up, like she because she didn't take the opportunity to say this, but like this idea that like the three characters who are in hiding are so close to people they know, so close mm-hmm. to people who are like they have had relationships with, they've friendships, they've like people have cared for them, and they, mm-hmm. there's this tragedy at being so close yet knowing you can't reach out to them for their safety and for your safety. Like there was no part of that that was brought up, like. No internal monologue where Harry acknowledges how tragic this is and how upsetting it is. Mm-hmm. They just move on to a fight with Ron. It just feels like there's so much, uh, you know, significance in these moments that are just being passed by. Mm-hmm. Bums me out because it's, it's just very like, it just feels like it could have been better. I guess that's all my notes. It's all my notes too. Well, I, like I said, I hope there's something better coming up because. <laughs> Yeah, these were these were fine. These were fine. Sometimes these were fine chapters, but it just felt like, I'm, oof, this is tough. Well, I'll give you a little tease. Well, I don't want to tease. No, a tease. A tease you can have. What does that mean? What what kind of tease I, is a tease? I, I will tell you what a tease is. The next chapter is titled Godric's Hollow. Yeah, that doesn't mean much to me. I mean, I know so what maybe it we'll is. get a, we'll maybe get a few answers. Maybe, but it's... come. Coming up, the next three chapters. I don't want to know the titles, though. I'm not going to give you the titles. Is a moment. Okay. That. Oh my god. Someone had a reaction to. Okay. Okay. <laughs> How's that for a tease? Oh, that's a tease, all right. That's a pretty bad tease. Next episode. Like, I want to know. Next episode, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a, a reaction. Well, we're gonna have a talk about a reaction. Uh, yep. <laughs> A delayed reaction next yeah. time on Death Readers. I'm Doug. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was coming up with a delayed reaction. I couldn't think of any. You could, you could just say I'm Rob. That's a delayed reaction, because <laughs> you have it. Yeah, that was that's 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 too obvious. You didn't think of it. I totally thought of it.
Oh, I know what I can say now. Okay. I'm Rob. Yeah, there it is. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. These reviews help new listeners find us and join the discussion. Follow us on Twitter and like our new Facebook page for Death Readers News. Become a patron at Patreon slash Death Readers. And please discuss us extensively on Reddit. All right, here we go. Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 63 of Death Readers, the podcast where we read through the Harry Potter book series. This but Doug, episode, we will be reading what through What episode chapters. is it? Did I not say? I'm pretty sure you didn't. Let me start over. I'm going to start over. Okay. I can do it. I'm again. sorry. I didn't mean to. I, I honestly thought you didn't. And I didn't realize you had it written You're, down. If, if, if this, this is the end of the episode. If I did say it, because I'm doing redoing the whole thing. <laughs> But when you listen to it, at this point, when you re-listen to it, go back and double check that I didn't say uh-huh. it. Because if I did say it, yeah. it's at the end of the episode. If I didn't, who cares? This is episode 63 of I think I might have a new word alert. No, I don't. <laughs> so we'll just cut that part. <laughs> it's going to go... Bah, bah, bah. No, we just won't use any of that part. because I, I, I know, I know. There was a pause. I'm just gonna be on my own. I don't care what you are doing. Doesn't matter to me. Doo doo doo. I've got baby issues with the shop.